What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. Happy Mother's Day, and welcome back to the Coast Coast Podcast. It's just Carson and I, fresh off this Game 7 from the Celtics and Sixers. An absolute doozy of a game. Uh, Chol, how are we doing? I mean, thoughts? Fantastic. Happy Mother's Day. Wow. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, we have to start off with Tatum. I mean, he's been, he's been so inconsistent and so... I mean, he's been really bad. He's been really bad for stretches. And to have game mm-hmm. six's fourth quarter and to have this, I mean, now it's like we just had Curry drop 50. Now he holds uh, the record for most points in a game seven with 50. I think he, he finished with 51, right? Yeah, 51. 51, just incredible, incredible stuff. And now this game just has me feeling probably the best I've ever felt as um for Boston as a contender this year. I mean – this was really impressive. Like, you know, come back from down 3-2, 50 points. Jalen Brown was great. Brogdon was great. Really, I feel like really everybody, for the most part, played really, really solid um, to, you know, kind of fall behind their guy, Tatum. It was just very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to my friend. He's a Celtics fan. I was just watching the game with them, and I was like, like, y'all were really concerning when you were only 1-4-2 against the Hawks. A team that was like, no one had any business losing any games to. It should have been a sweep from the start. And, like, you go 4-2 against them. Like, I was nervous going into this series. And Joel Embiid, it, a lot of questions about this Philly roster. I really just kind of wanted to zone in on I mean, we know this game was, you know, an absolute, from the start. I mean, from the third quarter on, it was kind of over. I mean, Embiid, 5 for 18 and 15 points in an elimination game as an MVP who averaged 33 and 10 last year. I mean, there's a lot of things going into Philly's offseason. I mean, do you think that Doc is out? Yes. I mean, especially because, you know, we're going to talk about them later. I mean, you know, coaches getting fired left and right. You know, there's there's a ton of great candidates out there if they're looking to go elsewhere from Doc. I mean, Doc, Harden, like, they are who they are. I mean, like Doc Rivers, like Philly really should have known what they were getting with him. Someone that was going to improve, you know, make them look better in the regular season. Um, but in the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be the same old, same old. I mean, Doc won in 2008, but since then it's been playoff collapse after playoff collapse, you know, with the Clippers. Um, now with the Sixers, um, I'm missing one other team in the middle. Uh, uh, I guess no, it was just, it was just Sixers. So he went from Boston to the Clippers and then straight to the Sixers after he was fired. Yeah. Yeah, but besides the point, just constant, constant collapses from him. And yeah, I, I mean, they could look to Monty, but they do have to look somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we'll get into that in a minute. There's a lot of hot coaching candidates. Um, and then James Harden. I mean, there's been this circulation since like maybe the All Star break that a move back to Houston would be in play. Do you know now with Ime Udoka, you know more of a a focus there, you know, with Steven Silas on the way out. I mean, do you think that James Harden thinks like, hey, like, I gave Philly what I could. We had our duo. And, like, you know, I'm not a playoff performer at this point. Like, neither is Embiid. Like, it's time for me to get my way back and, you know, go back to where I was great. Do you think there's a cho- a real good chance now? Or what are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I wouldn't say I, – I would definitely give it a solid chance just because I feel like there's definitely been, like, multiple stories come out within – you know, the course of the season that, you know, from, you know, real credible reporters, it's like, like, okay, like he really is thinking about this. And I feel like it's just really tough um, for the Sixers because like, 
just having James Harden walk in free agency is just really, really tough regardless of, you know, this terrible outcome just because, like, you're losing out on that asset. Like, you're not getting anything back for Harden. So I feel like if they really want to try and maximize it, you maybe re-sign him and look to trade. But, you know, with James Harden, there's only, you know, he's so specific as a player. There's only so many teams really that, like, have the capital that would want to go for this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's already 33. I mean, he turns 34 at the start of next season. I mean, yeah, he's getting up there. And, I mean, you can't imagine, like, can Philly really get much better is, like, kind of my next question. I mean, like, Harris is kind of a contract that I think they will be haunted by forever, given the fact that they've used it in other ways. And, you know, I mean, Tyrese Maxey is truly the only guy on that roster that I think can get much better. I think Embiid's hit a ceiling. I mean, a 30 and 10 guy that averages four assists. Yeah, he's there. Like, Embiid is who he is. Yeah. I mean, do you think there's any much better that Philly can get? Like, they'd have to catch amazing breaks if they were going to make another run. So, yeah, that's that's the scary thing. Yeah, Harden just walks. Let's say Harden goes to Houston. Yeah, you're left with Maxi as your second best player. And I know we both really like Maxi. He, you know, he's, you know, so fast, he's electric, but you know, kind of similar to Harden where it's like, you know, doesn't really offer much on the defensive end. And you you would need just like an enormous, like uh, like asking a lot for him to jump up. And then Harris would be your third best player. And yeah, who knows what he's even getting back for Harris because, you know, Harris, solid player, whatever. But that contract just makes it so hard to move a guy like that and get real pieces. Like, the, you know, people really going to want to give up like real tangible assets for this guy who there's a lot of games where it's like, where is he? Like mm-hmm. the only six points, eight points, 12 points. Like he, he's just a guy that can, you know, he's a fourth option. He's not nothing much better than that. I think, I think we're at the point where a year from now, we're going to be looking at in trade scenarios. I think that's legitimately where we might be. Cause how many years when, does he have left on his contract? Uh, I can check that. Let's see. John. Uh, he's he's on a so he's on a four year two hundred ten million dollar contract and it expires uh, in twenty oh so he was on the first he's going to the first year of his max contract. Mm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen that hasn't really stopped players before. I mean, Embiid he could easily just he could push the red button whenever he wants. Because like, do they really have an assets to go get a guy like what like? Maxi would have to be in any deal that they went after a star. I mean, like they won the this, the Nets trade, but like the end of the day, if Harden walks, you know, like mm-hmm. what, what did you work? really? Yeah, what did you really walk away with? They could have had De'Aaron Fox. Crazy to think about that. That was a ten- yeah table, and I mean, look where he was this year. So, um, mm-hmm. and then let's look at Boston real quick. I mean. We got a rematch of the bubble conference finals with the Lakers and the Nuggets uh, in a rematch. And obviously the trilogy of Boston versus Miami. Uh, You know, how badly does Boston need this? I feel like especially with this stuff that's been talking about, you know, two guys that can make 300 plus million dollar deals due to their NBA, all NBA selections and Tatum and Brown. How badly do they need to capitalize on this time right now in Boston? Oh, badly. Badly, badly, badly. I mean, this is, you know, the last, you know, few years, there's been a championship window for the Celtics. And last year, you know, they get there um, and they almost really snatched one. And I feel like, you know, they, they might have been like a year earlier or so. But like, this is like, you know, this is exactly what you envision when you draft 
Brown, when you draft Tatum, that five, six, seven years down the line, they're competing for championships. And we are here. And and I feel like like Boston, they have to capitalize and get at least one from this duo because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of question marks. And who knows? Maybe it'll be happily ever after. And they win it and they decide, like, these guys got us a championship. We're not separating them at all. Give them the bag. But then from there, it's, it just makes it much harder to construct a roster that mm-hmm. can be competitive. You have to be much smarter when you don't have as much money. But then if you lose, if you lose to Miami, lose in the finals, like then all of a sudden may, Brown may walk. He might get a max from Atlanta or wherever it may be. And then it's like you're, you're nowhere near the same contender. And th- this is huge, especially because the Heat have given them problems, but you, they have so much more of a talented roster. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, like from from – you know, Boston's perspective, they got white, they got smart, and they obviously the the, tan, the two Jalen's, I mean, uh, Jason and Jalen, you know, Robert Williams, Al Horford, you know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, they got a lot of guys that can make a lot of money, you know, like at the end of the day, like, is it, do they want to keep the duo or do they think, you know, let's go for more of a well-rounded roster around Tatum? Because I think Tatum's not going to be the odd guy out. It's clearly obvious. I mean, like as good as Brown has been this year and at times better than Tatum, it's going to be, you know, Tatum's going to be the guy they side with. So, I mean, if you're a guy that gives you 51 points in a closeout game seven, I mean, can't go wrong with that. So, um, exactly. And then let's look into this heat Celtics theory. I mean, you said, you mentioned it. I think that's what your idea is that Celtics do have the upper hand in this matchup, you know, more, you know, playoff you know a lot of experience on that team as well and there's a lot of guys you know Al Horford's been doing it for a while you know Tatum and Brown have both like they've been to the NBA finals last year and they've also been to their fair share of conference finals as well I mean would you say they're the upper the favorite clear favorite in this series yeah I I wouldn't say clear um I definitely see them as the favorite but I feel like with this series, you have to account for a couple things that work in the Heat's favor. One is just like the Celtics. We've seen it time and time again. You know, they they will blow a game or two in a series. You look at game five against the Hawks. They should have won that at home, and they let that linger on. You know, game one without Embiid, that was a really tough loss. The game four overtime game, that was one they easily could have stolen at multiple different points during that game. And you have to assume there's there's going to be one maybe two of those in this series. And also just that comes down to the coaching because the Heat are going to have such a massive coaching advantage in this series oh, yeah. when it comes to Spo. I mean, he's arguably the, the best coach in the league versus, you know, Missoula who, you know, Missoula's fine, but there's obvious, obvious signs of, I mean, he's 34 years old. Al Horford's older than him. So yeah. I feel like I, I would say the Celtics in six or seven, but there's going to be times when it's, it's definitely going to look scary because the Heat, you know, they played him well over the course and, and the coaching. And then Jimmy, too. I mean, you have to account for Jimmy just turning into Michael Jordan for, you know, a few quarters in mm-hmm. this series. Yeah, I mean, so let's get into that. What's your prediction for this series? I mean, like I said, Jimmy's been on, he, Jimmy will probably at times, end of the series will probably have been the best player on the court for them, for both teams. But, like, what are your thoughts? Who's winning this? I'm going to go with the Celtics in six. I'm going to go, um, yeah, in six. That's, that's I, it's six or seven, style. but I'll go with six. I'll say six as well. I, I think seven's a little, I like, just hopeful. Everyone wants, would love it to go seven, but I think I think they make it in six. I think this next series probably has, has the chance of going longer. 
uh, which a good transition. Lakers and Nuggets, I mean, heartbreak for us. I mean, it is what it is. I know. We had a run. It was one, It's arguably the greatest run in all of professional sports. We're going to need a whole other pod to yeah. discuss the, yeah. the Warriors offseason. That's a whole other – I don't even want to get into yeah. that right we'll, now. We'll get into that another time. But, I mean, honestly, you know, g- game six, Clay does not exist. You know, Braun and company close out. You know, they're headed off to place the Nuggets, a team that they beat in the bubble – to the lead to their first LeBron's championship in LA. Um, who is the favorite in this series? I feel like this is a lot less clear than the last one. Definitely, definitely um, compared to the bubble. Um, I would definitely say the Nuggets. I would lean slightly to the Nuggets just because the home court, it's obvious. I mean, they haven't even lost a game at home yet. Um, it's going to be really tough for LeBron and AD you know obviously i'm sure that you know it's those two guys are generational but that's a tough place to play for them you know lebron is 38 ad uh you know not the best track record staying healthy denver's just a really really hard place to play with the altitude and i think Jokic is just you know ad he's such a a great defensive player that i think one-on-one he's gonna you know make it tough for Jokic scoring but what Jokic does with his passing and just how he gets everybody moving if, if the nuggets don't stay stagnant which they kind of did a little bit slightly in the Sun series, and they keep the ball moving through Jokic, lots of cuts. The Lakers, that's a tough matchup for them because they like to really slow things down, be meticulous, and you get them out in transition or you, you're you moving a lot. That's I feel like that's uh, a great way to go at them, and I think the Nuggets really match up well. But the Lakers, you know, they, they have that experience. They have that experience. Yeah, I feel like at this point, Jokic is going to be as motivated as ever, you know, to win this. Um, I, I, I would say that the Nuggets are should be the favorites in this series. Um, I mean, they, they got so many guys contributing at like a, such a great level. I mean, shout out Bruce Brown, you know, University of Miami alum. We have a guy playing in the finals regardless of what happens. Um, you know, he's been fantastic for them. You know, isn't much of a shooter, but he's learned to play his role. Uh, he hits shots when he needs to, and he's an all-around guy for that team. I'm so happy to see his success, you know, from Brooklyn moving over to the Nuggets. Uh, but I would say, yeah, the Nuggets. I mean, no, I don't think even AD can slow down Nikola Jokic, and I think that's just he's just out. playing at an insane level right now. And, and, and I want to talk about you mentioned the depth. I feel like one thing that was a really, a really good advantage for the Lakers against us was just really their depth. Like they had more malleability than us because, uh-huh. like the Warriors, it's like if you're not getting anything from Clay or Poole, you know, where's the offense really coming from besides? Steph, you know, you're not expecting much scoring from GP2, Jermichael Green, you know, Moody, whereas the Lakers, it's like you see them, they'll get a Rui game where he drops 20 or D'Lo will, you know, have the game where he starts yeah. off like eight for 10 or, you know, the fucking Lonnie Walker game. Like, yeah. like what? Like we didn't have any kind of Lonnie Walker game like that yeah. for any of our role guys. And the Nuggets, like they have that. They have the depth um, to match. You know, they have, you know, obviously you mentioned Bruce Brown, just a great, great role player. KCP is going to have a big game here. Um, you know, Jeff Green, you know, he's as old as LeBron, but he's going to come in. He's going to hit like three threes in a game. And I, I like I like that aspect about them as well. No, yeah, I would definitely say the Nuggets. And then kind of transitioning to my next point, I mean, how badly does Jokic need this? I mean, like, especially in the battle between who's the best big in the league, you know, and beats out now, and Jokic should have been should possibly have been three straight MVPs to his name, you know, heads into a conference finals, 
you know, doesn't have the bubble excuse where they don't have a home court advantage anymore. You know, they do have that. They're the upper seed. How badly does he need this for his legacy, especially to not know go down as, you know, a Charles Barkley type that, you know, could never really, you know, finally get over the hump. Yeah, badly. I mean, obviously, Jokic is so relatively young. He's going to have, you know, he's, I'm sure he's going to be competing for much longer. But as of right now, I mean, like you talked about, like, it's all set up for him in the Nuggets. Like, there's no asterisks. There's, you know, he has all his guys, you know, no injuries so far, knock on wood. He has everything but, like, the championship, really. And I feel like if he gets this one, I feel like him and Tatum are in very similar boats because you look at the Lakers, like, LeBron and AD, they got one together. Jimmy, yeah. just the fact that Jimmy's here is enough, right? Like, there's not really much else. Yeah, there's not really much else he can do, the eight seed. But with Tatum and Jokic, like, they have been at the precipice now for a few years. Like, this is the last crown jewel for them. And, yeah, especially Jokic, you know, two MVPs. Like, this is his This is his time for sure. And he could really put himself in a, in a short list of guys, you know, centers that have, you know, won championships as the best guy. Now, he would, like, outside of Shaq, probably from 2000 to 2000 to, to present day, he would be, outside of Shaq, the best big man we've seen. Since yeah, and, and Duncan. You want to throw Duncan in there, too. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, Duncan. So, but, like, the pure center. Yeah, sure, sure. Because Duncan had, a, you know, was, but, yeah, Duncan probably, I mean, nowadays, Duncan would be a center. But he's top yeah, three. Yeah, I would uh, yeah. the last, I don't care what Dwight did, you know, Jokic just won two MVPs at that position, you know, yeah, it's him, Shaq, and Tim Duncan in the 2000s up uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah, I totally and agree. And serious prediction, I mean, who's winning this? I mean, bubble rematch, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that think the Lakers just walk away with this because the NBA wants them to, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, that, I mean... Lakers Celtics would be insane and the NBA would love that. But um, I, I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I'm going to say I'm leaning towards six. I wouldn't be surprised about seven, but I, because you're going to get, I'll, I'll go with six. I'll go with six. I'll play devil's advocate. I'll say, I'll say Lakers in seven. I think. Fair enough. It's the one game the Nuggets will lose at home. It'll be that, but because you know, you know, everyone's pushing for that. I I want the Nuggets to win personally, but I, I have. I do too. Win. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Jokic, and obviously because like the you know they beat the Warriors, the Lakers, but yeah, I, I I want. I'm rooting for Jokic to get this for the legacy for sure. And yeah. now that Embiid's out, Embiid and Harden are out. Yeah, he's easily. You know, I, I talk about Tatum. He's up there too, but like he's he's at the top of the list of like you know, needs it the most for sure. I mean, no one wants to see like Nuggets heat, like, which is unfortunate. Cause like, that would be kind of like an interesting one to see how that goes. They, they want Boston or LA in it one way or another, you know, yeah. both or one, like they need one of those big markets. Um, totally. I mean, that'd be great for Denver. I mean, you win an, a Stanley cup and then the next year your NBA team wins a uh, NBA finals. Like that'd be great for that. Yeah. Season. And who knows yeah. about, you know, they got Sean Payton now it might be, I might be talking a little bit too forward, you know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, that's a whole nother thing. Champagne's going to add a few more wins to them for sure. You will. Uh, but speaking about coaches, Monty Williams gets the sack from the Phoenix Suns. You know, new owner. He's showed he's not afraid to make moves. He went out and got KD. 
like a couple weeks into him owning the team. And, you know, Monty's the scapegoat here, you know, whether it be DeAndre Ayton's fault or Chris Paul's fault. Griffin and I are going to be doing an NBA draft uh, lottery um, stream. So he wants to have a lot of monologue about the Monty Williams situation there. But uh, let's just dive into it real quick. I mean, like, what are your thoughts? Do you think it was the right move? Um, I don't think so. I just think, you know, it's the coach. It's always going to really go to them first um, as the scapegoat. I, I really don't think it was his fault. I, I think he's still a really good coach. It, I feel like the biggest thing to blame, you know, it, it's obviously it's not for getting KD, but the KD trade as a whole, you know, losing that depth. I mean, they didn't, they just didn't have the personnel. I, I feel like it's, it's very similar to, uh, you know, Frank Vogel. Um, getting fired from the Lakers and you know obviously Darvin Ham's been really good so it worked out for them but Frank Vogel he got fired and blamed for the Lakers issues when he's a defensive coach and their their roster was you know inept at playing defense they didn't have the personnel for that for what they want to do same with the Suns I mean they're three through you know when you lose CP3 Aiton's you know playing himself off the court and you look at everybody else down the bench and it, it, it did not look good at all I mean Shamit came you know he had a quarter, but like Ish Wainwright campaign. Um, Those are not Warren. NBA yeah. Finals role players. No, it, the, just the personnel wasn't there. It sucks that Monty got you know scapegoated for that, and that's the real issue to me. Yeah, I think their depth was just like you know like Tory Craig gave him like a nineteen point game in the first round, and like I, I don't, it was just a outside of KD and Booker. I mean, Booker probably had the best outside of Jimmy Butler, the best playoff run, like, so far. And, I mean, him and totally. KD can't do everything. KD was horrendous in the closeout game, um, you know, was not his usual self. And I think it's going to be a lot of hard things. I think at the end of the day, they have to trade CP and Aiden. I think they might need to not get a look for getting an equal or better caliber players back, but getting, you know, more of a depth idea, you know, kind of going towards, you know, what Boston has, you know, with their two guys and a lot of guys around them, obviously probably not going to get a Robert Williams type, but you know, just get, get a big man. That's not, you know, that's if all you need him to do is play defense and get boards. They don't need eight in the score. I mean, he, he can cause some problems at times. So uh, interesting there. I mean, who's your ideal candidate, you know, knowing that we have Nick nurse, who's kind of the crown jewel. I feel like in a lot of people's eyes in this uh, class, doc rivers will likely be sacked. Um, you know, coach Budenholzer, it could even, we could even see, you know, you beat them and then join them situation, you know, uh, maybe even look to hire internally. I mean, what do you think the sun should do? Um, I don't think doc is, I, I don't think doc or bud, those are the right options. I think those, I think those, those would be actual regression. I, I would probably value Monty, you know, over those guys, just because, you know, we've seen, We've seen some real bad hiccups from mm. from Rivers and from uh, from Bud in the playoffs. I mean, it's not like Monty has the greatest track record either, but like I still I still really believe it was the personnel over him. I think Nick Nurse would be a great candidate. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't really think. I, I guess it would just be him. But I, I feel like the bottom line is that I don't know. I think it really matters who they put there as much as like how are they going to improve this yeah. roster like who's out there for them is is the big question i think atkinson would be a great fit to go over there i feel like you know he was offered that charlotte hornets job and then backed out i feel like that would be 
really beneficial, especially with his ability. You know, if they wanted to keep Aiden, like he's had good success developing young players, you know, whether that be, you know, helping D'Lo end up being, you know, a trade piece for the Warriors or, you know, even Poole. I mean, obviously the last couple of games for Poole have been horrendous, but he, he brought Poole that contract, you know, a lot. The reason was in his totally. from young players. Totally. I think that could be interesting to see. But, you know, if they want to go from a perspective of, you know, they want to, uh, which they probably do, is want to win now. I think Nick Nurse, you know, he won a championship, you know, with a star guy in Kawhi on their team, you know, so like he will command respect, I believe, in that locker room. So I think that's the ideal guy. And I think Matt Ishbia is going to have an open checkbook. He will hand the check to whatever coach he wants and say, write your number. Like, I will pay you whatever that is. I don't think that's going to be a problem. It's all going to come down to who wants to go where. And I mean, it's an attractive location. I mean, to have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. You know, can't go wrong with that. And then, you know, I would definitely lean towards Nurse and Atkinson for sure. Um, over over Rivers and Bud, definitely. I'd rather go with those two. And then now we got the Bucks. You know, fired. You know, Budenholzer. Interesting enough. You know, just two years after winning an NBA Finals, you know, they lose in the first round to uh, the AFC uh, Heat, which doesn't look bad now. Now that they're in the Conference Finals, but still, you know. Uh, an MVP caliber season from Giannis, you know, Brooke Lopez's career season at 35 years of age, uh, you know, Drew Holiday, another great season from him as well. Um, they're, you know, they sack uh, reports are saying that Mark Jackson, you know, former Warriors coach as we know him, uh, you know, current commentator was interviewed for the position. Uh, that will be interesting as well. I mean, of course, the usual names will be out there. I mean, uh, on top of who do you think they should uh go after what are some things that you think they need to address in this offseason um they are really old i think they really need to address the wings i feel like that's that's their achilles heel and i feel like if you can flip middleton you know and or lopez into like a couple wings a couple swing guys that you know maybe don't hit the levels that middleton does that he can, but like provide depth and provide options and defensive, you know, ability. I feel like that's, you know, because you have Giannis, you have Brooke in the inside in the interior, and you have Drew. He's great on you know whatever point guard or shooting guard. But then you look in the guys in the middle in, in the swing guys who are are guarding guys like Tatum, Brown, Jimmy Butler, um, you know, LeBron, the, the, you know, all the, all the best wings. Who do they really have for that? Grayson Allen, you know, Wesley Matthews, Joe Ingles. I mean, it's just, you know, Pat Connaughton. It's just not really, I don't really like their options there. And I feel like, you know, getting just at the very least solid, more, better wing guys, if not like, you know, a Middleton-esque player per se, I think that's where they really need to go. Preferably younger, because I feel like as a whole, their team is is, is much, much, much older for sure. I will say this is definitely my ideal Nick Nurse team. I, I would much rather him go here than... And the Suns, I feel like it's crazy to me that Nick Nurse is fired. Um, I think he would really elevate this team back to the finals if he went there because we saw what he did with Kawhi. The defensive identity would be even better, um, and their offense wouldn't be as clunky because there's time where, where Budenholzer just like, you know, he gets – it's unoriginal, and he gets stale for sure. I think – uh, and they've been talking about the JJ Redick is receiving buzz. I think that would be a mistake, honestly, for the not only for JJ Redick, who I think is you know doing great with with media work, but 
from the fact of getting a guy who has zero head coaching experience to go coach one of the best players in the league. Like, that's a hard to command a locker room, you know, like when you're a guy that like people can be like, oh, like I played against you and like you weren't shit or something like that. I feel like that could be a problem. And I feel like, and also Mark Jackson, I feel like being removed from coaching for that long, like it seems like he's had a lot of hesitations to go to coach, like whether it be, you know, he didn't like the options that are out there and so on and so forth. I think this would also be a good Kenny Atkinson uh, solution. But like you said, I think Nick Nurse does make the most sense in terms of, you know, the kind of depth that they have, you know, the way that Toronto was formed when they ended up making that championship, you know, with a strong, you know, you know, wing slash forward and Giannis. Uh, and then, you know, the guard play of, you know, a guy like Drew Holiday. But like you said, they do need to address the wing problem. I, I'd love to see them go after, you know, kind of get those like Norm Powell or like, you know, even like a Herb Jones kind of guy. I mean, it would be hard to get from a team like the Pelicans. But, like, in those realms, like maybe even like a Devin Vassell, you know, from uh, the Spurs, if they're willing to part ways. You know, the, I those think would be great options because they're – all the guys you mentioned, they're younger, much younger. And I think a lot of it's going to have – is going to be determined on draft night, you know, where these teams, you know, land. You know, if, you know – San Antonio doesn't land at number one or two, you know, it's likely that, you know, they won't get Scoot Henderson or Victor Webanyama. And, you know, Scoot would, you know, fill in that point guard role that they're looking for. But, you know, if they're like, oh, we can get Brandon Miller. We don't need Keldon Johnson or we don't need Devin Vassell anymore. Like that changes the whole situation. So um, I think a lot of moves will be made this offseason. I think uh, another I team that they, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to say uh, another team that they should look for for that is like for sure the Nets. I mean, the Nets, you know, after all the moves they made, they just, they're hoarding a bunch of those guys that we're talking about. Obviously, Bridges is a really tough guy to get, but, like, you're looking at, like, Cam mm-hmm. Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, like, you know, guys like that I think are really viable, you know, options to try and go after for them. Yeah, like a Finney-Smith at the four, if you play Giannis the five in some lineups, that would be great, you know, to have that defensive versatility move around. I think there is a lot of teams that there's, like, you can get pickings around this offseason that, you know, are looking to move off, shed some weight, whether it be young teams going in a different direction or just teams that, you know, need to make a move one way or another. Um, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, hey, I, I totally agree with the the Mark Jackson, JJ Reddick points, because I feel like, you know, we kind of got this um, precedent set with Steve Kerr. That's like, oh, like, you know, look how great Steve Kerr ended up. You know, he didn't have any head coaching experience. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's leading this team. But that was just such a unique situation he's come yeah exactly he's coming in to a team that was like you know already really kind of building up towards something really special um and he had so much experience in the front office before that and and jj you know and and also i feel like for jj it's bad it it works in against him with how steve nash ended up in um you know in Uh, brooklyn 100 percent. no yeah steve nash's look is definitely bad because he's a guy that you think Oh, like that's a, you know, point guard. He's like one MVPs, you know, like super like ran like a really fast paced offense. He understands that stuff. And then he goes and, you know, gets canned in his second season with the Nets, you know, halfway through uh, so on and so forth. I think that's because I met him in Vegas. I think that's my curse I have with people. So you ruined it. I did ruin the chances. I don't have a good season. He got canned like 30 games in. Um, But no, I think, yeah, there's a lot of teams that not only are these teams, you know, like the Suns and Bucks going to be looking to make moves, but teams that fell short, like the Kings are definitely going to be making more moves this offseason. 
we'll get into it in our separate episode. The Warriors have a lot of stuff to deal with this offseason they could be getting into. Um, you know, the Knicks, you know, after what they did, is Julius Randle still going to be in New York? You know, does not seem to be resentful. He better not. I, I, I think that might be over. That partnership yeah. might be over. And, you know, the Hawks, you know, is it finally time to start, you know, moving John Collins and all that? There's plenty of teams we could go on and on, but, you know, that that's what we have for today. We got our conference finals predictions. We got the NBA lottery. Who is going to end up with Victor Webinyama? Will likely yeah, wait, that's on Tuesday, right? Yeah, if you want to join, we're going to be doing the live stream. We're going to be uh, checking in, seeing who's going on, because that's the golden ticket. You could, you could go into playoff from – being the lowest, worst team in the league to being in play-in or playoffs next year with that guy if he plays the way we expect him to. So, yeah, big stuff. Man, that's uh, exciting. That's really exciting. Well, hey, everyone, enjoy your Mother's Day. We appreciate you guys for listening. And as always, this Coast Coast Podcast signing out. Peace.